Thanks for listening to the Tribe Church Podcast. In this episode, you'll hear from some members of our community in what we call Tribe Stories. They're interviews with followers of Jesus here in our church, living in our context, and working to apply the teachings of Jesus to their lives. They serve as living illustrations of discipleship today, and we hope that they encourage you in your journey as well. Enjoy. Okay, that concludes our time of communion, and moves us into um, a special time that we have in service, Tribe Story, where we get to hear from members of our own community. If you don't know me, my name is Rachel. This is Miss Debbie Banks, as my kids call her. Um, And she's going to share, Elias and I specifically thought of her in, um, as we're kicking off this sermon series on lamentation, because um, once she's done a lot of work in learning and educating herself on grief and the process of grief. But then I've also been witness in the last year that we've been in a discipling relationship to how she processes loss and grief and has really been um, an example of vulnerability and honesty and um, an inspiration to me. So to start us off, um, grief is heavy, obviously, when, when there's a lot of grief. I think it's Oftentimes it's even hard to know, to connect that we're grieving. Um, and there's all sorts of grief. If you lose anything, whether it's something physical that you can see or a sense of something, then you're, then you're experiencing grief. But if we don't know that, then sometimes it's really hard to be in touch and then even harder to process. Um, we hear a lot about being open, especially with our sin, right? Like not living in the dark. Somebody told me one time, you know, Christians aren't cockroaches. They don't live in the dark. Like everything should come out into the light. Um, but I don't know how often, I know it's a visual, huh? But um, I don't know how often that's talked about in terms of grief and making sure that your grief doesn't stay in the dark, that that's something that you put out into the light. So. Maybe you can start us off with your journey into, what would you call it, into grief processing? <laughs> um, okay, so about 11 years ago, um, the, there was a woman who had moved to Austin, and she was a facilitator in the grief recovery method, and had started introducing um, our church to that process. And at the time, Um, I was like, that's not for me. I don't need that. Um, I had been through a lot of losses in my life, although there was a lot that I wouldn't have identified as a loss. Um, At that time, my father had passed away about a year earlier. And a friend of mine said, oh, Debbie, you should go to this class. I'm like, I don't need to go to that class. Um, My father had had Parkinson's. And so um, as his health was declining, his my relationship was changing a lot in a really good way. And so I felt really at peace when he did pass away. And so there, I'm like, I don't, there's not really anything for me to grieve. And then another friend of mine who went through the first class said, Debbie, you've got to go. This has been life changing, the tools you learn. And again, like Rachel mentioned, like I had never really had a place to put different thoughts and emotions and experiences I had been through, words that had been said to me, um, especially growing up and how they had imprinted on me and how it was impacting my, my relationships just in the day to day. And 
so I met with the facilitator um, prior to ever deciding to go to the class, and I told her, I said, I don't think this is going to work for me, but okay, I just want to hear what you have to say. And then my friend who encouraged me to go, I, oh, I had a couple friends, but the one who went through the class first, I said, I don't think it's going to work, but you say it is, so we'll just see what happens. So I show up to the class the first night, and um, the, the, the whole premise of the class is the honesty of uh, talking through what has impacted you, your, how you've reacted to it, and just learning some new skills. And um, so I, I thought, well, I'm going to start with honesty right now. So as she went around the class and said, what's brought you here? I told her what I just shared with you guys. And I said, I don't think it's going to work for me, but I'm going to trust the process. I thought, okay, I'll just be honest from the get-go. And over the course of the next several weeks, um, it was amazing because what I was learning was a lot of ways that I had been taught in my life to just cope. And different people use different coping mechanisms. Um, as Elias mentioned some of them, it can be drinking, it could be drugs, um, it could be sex, it could be retail therapy, as some people like to call it. Um, it could be working a lot, keeping ourselves busy, which was definitely where, what I did, um, where I was working a lot just not to, to deal with life. Um, and what I identified was that the relationship I needed to start with was my relationship with my mom, who was ve still very, was then and still is very much alive. And I would never have identified that there was grief in that relationship. And it was really more of like, I just thought that was just life, mm. that what I had experienced um, with her. And um, one of the things we can grieve is hopes that will never be fulfilled and dreams that we had, but they're not gonna be realized. And even though she's still very much alive, those were things in my relationship with her that just weren't gonna happen. And so I needed to work through, um, just work through that process. And our relationship at that point was where it was so hard to even just talk with her. She lives in Florida, I live here. And um, there were just so many triggers. It was like, it was agony just to call, but I was calling out of a being a dutiful daughter. And, but it was agony. Um, it was agony just to even think about going to visit her. I was like, I had no desire. Um, and even there was a point in my life where I had, I was born and raised in Florida. There was a point where I moved to Boston and I moved there for reasons completely unrelated, but it also was a time where I thought, oh great, I can finally get away. And um, all that did actually was just create more issues between me and my mom. And so now at this point when I was go um, going through grief recovery and I, and just, I, having a place and learning how to communicate all this was so freeing. And it was also freeing to know that in that environment, I was able to talk through all of these things that I had just stuffed and kept hidden and hadn't known how or where or ways to communicate any of it. And, you know, all of it, there's commitments you make when you, you're in the group so that whatever 
process you're going through doesn't get communicated outside. So that built trust that I could just be completely honest, gut level, ugly honest. And with my mom being alive, like she would never know any of these things. So that was also freeing, knowing that I could get this stuff out. And it was amazing that by the end of those weeks, um, it's an eight week process, but at the end of that time that I had actually gotten to a place where I had been able um, to use the word we're learning, lament, um, through my relationship with her. And that we now have a relationship I would never have thought possible. And it's not that she's changed, but my relationship to the pain in our relationship has changed. That I was able to start from a new relational, emotionally relational place with her, um, where now I want to call and talk with her. Um, her health is in a place now where she's needing my sisters and I more than she has in the past. And so I want to provide that to her, um, where I never thought that that was possible before. Thanks for sharing that. I know relationships between moms and daughters can be really hard, or maybe that's just for the two of us. I don't know. I also graft my mom <laughs> and crave recovery, and she's still alive and well, but that loss that you, t that you spoke about, that loss of what I expected or what I want the relationship to be with my mom, like what, yeah, how necessary it is to lament that so then, then you can start acting differently. You can resolve that that loss of this ideal. Um, and there's obviously, there's so many, so many things that you can process through lamenting. Um, how has this, so how have the skills that you learned during that process and what you went through with your mom, how are they alive and well today? Like, what does that look like in day to day? Because in our relationship, you know, we share a lot of our disappointments and disillusionments and um, loss, for lack of a better word. And I still see you being very open and vulnerable and processing that. But what does that look like? Maybe you can give us some practical um, examples of what it looks like to be lamenting ING. Um, through the, the grief recovery method, I had learned just some skills that you can carry into other relationships. And so I had also been able to work through some other relationships after that. Um, but one of the things, like when I ended my um, in-classroom teaching career, um, it was a really extremely tough year um, after teaching for 20 years. But I was able to use the same skills because that was a loss that I wasn't expecting to end my teaching the way I did. I was choosing to, I wasn't being kicked out, but I was choosing to end it at that point and just teach in other ways. So it was just, a, it was a life circumstance that I was able to work through. Um, I'm able to, um, as you mentioned, like in, in our communication and then some other uh, close relationships where I'm able to actually just um, be just as honest and be able to talk through what are the things that are on my heart and not just stay stuck there, but okay, where am I going to go from here and move forward? Like my identity isn't the pain that I'm feeling and there, I, I experience joy so much more in my life now than I ever did prior to learning these skills, that I can laugh more now than I did. I can joke more. I'm, I just have more of an emotional freedom now. Um, I can feel a wide range of emotions and not just the sadness or the anger being the ones that I most 
uh, mostly identified with. Thank you. Um, Debbie is currently a grief recovery specialist. Make sure I get that right. Um, and she's got you know a wealth of knowledge from going through it herself and from obviously being trained. If you have any questions, I recommend get her a cup of coffee and, and maybe ask her any questions that you have. Um, and to really just encourage us as a congregation as we're going through the series and prayerfully we can all make it to the light a lamentation that this is something that we begin to adopt into our lives where we can be in touch with our losses and our pain and learn how to practically and continuously process um, and grieve properly. Mm -hmm.